0: Welcome to the Locked On Sooners Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, John Hoover. It is Locked On Sooners, your daily Oklahoma Sooners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm John Hoover, and for the next 30 minutes, I am in your ear. It's Tuesday, October 1st. Yay, October's finally here, my favorite month. And we do this every day. If you call yourself a Sooners fan, well then you need to tell your friends, tell your family, heck, tell your iguana that you are locked on Sooners. Again, I'm John Hoover from 1077 The Franchise in Oklahoma City, 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. You can read my OU coverage and more at thefranchiseok.com, my Big 12 coverage at sportingnews.com. I'm at the games, I'm at the press conferences, I interview the players, I interview the coaches, I put it all together for you right here every day in the Locked On Sooners podcast. We dive into the games. We talk about the roster, the injuries, the transfer portal. We get a little recruiting on there. We go around the Big 12. We check in with the Sooners in the NFL every week. We'll talk about top 25 polls. We'll talk about the college football playoff rankings when they come around. We'll talk about the Heisman and a whole lot more. Here's what I want you to do right now. Follow me on Twitter, at John E. Hoover. Find me on Facebook, Johnny Hoover Media, and find me on YouTube, you're going to want to do this, at John Hoover. And of course, again, you can find my columns, blogs, and everything else I do at TheFranchiseOK.com. It's Tuesday, so we're going to really pull apart yesterday's Lincoln Riley press conference. We heard from Jalen Hurts, we talked to Alex Grinch, Neville Gallimore, and lots of others. If you want to watch those interviews, now listen, check out my YouTube channel, just search for John Hoover, you'll find him. Today I want to go into what Lincoln Riley said yesterday about the defense not really being tested yet, about what he said about the offensive line, you know, the shuffled offensive line, how those guys played against Texas Tech, uh, about why he thinks Jalen Hurts has to get even better, whether the suspension of Cal Sutherland and the performance of Gabe Berkich on Saturday against Tech might have reopened the place kicker competition, and what he thinks about the Mad Hatter himself, Les Miles. So let's get this thing started. All right, first things first, the Sooners are at Kansas this week, 11 a.m. on ABC, if you're not going. I'll be there. OU's 4-0, they're ranked number 4 in the coaches poll, number 6 in the AP poll. Sooners are 35-point favorite against KU, according to VegasInsider.com. KU is now 2-3 after losing last week to TCU, at TCU, 51-0. 14 pitiful performance by the Jayhawks KU is probably better I think we can all agree than what they've been but let's be honest they're just not very good not right now and get this Khalil Herbert the team's leading rusher and a top all-purpose yardage guy he's gone probably for the year it sounds like because of what Les miles called personal reasons Les didn't go into too much detail he kept putting it off and avoiding the question and I get it but he seemed to indicate that Herbert would not be back. That leaves Puka Williams in the backfield and KU KU probably thinks that's enough. All Puka did last year against the Sooners was rush for 252 yards in that debacle in Norman, 55-40. Carter Stanley has been pretty good at quarterback. 65% of his passes are being completed. Andrew Parchment has been one of the Big 12's best receivers. Mike Lee is a big-time safety for the Jayhawks. He's a guy that Lincoln Riley singled out on Monday, but, but looks like he's going to miss this game with an injury. Also, Kansas' leading tackler, Drew Prox, appears to be on the shelf for this game, according to what Les Miles said Monday at his weekly press conference. So, looks like two of KU's top three tacklers are out for this game. Kansas opened the season, 24-17 win over an FCS team, Indiana State. Then the following week, they come up and they host Coastal Carolina and somehow lose that game 12-7. So, any momentum Kansas had, after beating an FCS team by a touchdown in the opener, was absolutely wasted when they lose the following week at home to Coastal Carolina. Looks like they're getting ready to have one of the worst seasons ever, and what do they do the following week, September 13th? They go on the road, and they absolutely crush Boston College. They, felt they were 21-point underdogs. They fell behind big early on. Come back and win. Just absolutely, Khalil Herbert was spectacular. Puka Williams was very good. Carter Stanley was good. The guys I mentioned already, Andrew Parchment, was very good. They just had playmakers. Boston College, believe it or not, had no answers. KU wins that game 48-24. Then they come home the following week and lose to West Virginia. So three of their first four games at home, and they go one and two in those home games. Lost to a bad West Virginia team. Uh, Mountaineers are going to have a... Really hard time winning some games this year, but they were better than Kansas on that day. Good enough to win that game. Then the Jayhawks go to we mentioned previously Amon G. Carter Stadium down in Fort Worth, and just get ramrodded 51 to 14. Not a good day for the Jayhawks. Uh, you could tell Les Miles was really disappointed. Not probably as disappointed as he was after the Coastal Carolina loss. That was a that was a bit of a shocker, and I think it really might might have opened Les's eyes, this is back on September 7th, for how bad Kansas' football program has been and what a rebuild they face. Okay, here's the bottom line. Kansas hasn't beaten a top 10 team since the 2008 Orange Bowl when they beat Virginia Tech. They haven't beaten a ranked Oklahoma football team since 1995. So put those two things together and just take a look at their results this year. Take a look at the two teams that you've seen, the product on the field. It's not going to happen this year either. I've said it before, Oklahoma is not necessarily playing Kansas this week, okay? They're playing Texas. And I don't mean they're looking ahead to Texas. I don't mean they're preparing for Texas. They probably are. They might be a little bit. You don't want to slip up against KU and have it bite you later in the season, obviously. But no, what I'm getting at is if they're going to beat Texas next week in the Cotton Bowl, they have to continue to improve. They have to play to a standard. They have to Hit that standard, they have to tackle better, they have to cover better, they have to block better, they have to read the defenses better, they have to run the football better, catch the ball in traffic better. Everything, all the stuff that you've seen on the football field that makes you say, ooh, I wish Oklahoma hadn't done that, or ooh, they could have done this better. Those are the things that when you think about next week, the cauldron that is the Cotton Bowl, the fist fight that is the Red River rivalry, If Oklahoma doesn't improve at those little things that you think you've seen, at those little regrets that you wish the team had done better during their first three games, four games of the season, if they don't do those better against Texas, they can lose that game. Don't forget to follow the Locked On Sooners Twitter account, at Locked On Sooners. When we get back, we're going to pull apart the Lincoln-Riley press conference. We're really going to get into some nitty-gritty. We're also going to hear a little bit from Alex Grinch. Jalen Hurts, Neville Gallimore, a couple other guys. Gave some press conference stuff yesterday as well. Good stuff, by the way, from Jeremiah Hall, the H-back fullback. That is a, a very cool customer at the podium. Very relaxed and a friendly guy who seems to really embrace that role, not just playing fullback, but standing at the podium in front of a room full of media. That was a fun deal yesterday. If you haven't seen that or haven't heard that, go to my YouTube page, again, John Hoover, or just go to thefranchiseok.com, uh, click on the Jalen Hurts story, which I had a lot of fun writing, and you need to check that out as well, about his progression, not a football player, but as a quarterback. Second segment coming up right after this. Real quick, I want to tell you about our friends at Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. That's Vivid Seats. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome to the Locked On Sooners Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, so a lot to get to today in the Lincoln rally Press Conference, the Alex Grinch Press Conference. Hopefully we'll hear from... Jalen Hurts, a couple other people. Had fun talking with Neville Gallimore last night, by the way. Told him I'm an Alaskan. And uh, him being a Canadian, we talked about the CFL, of course. But uh, let's hear from Lincoln Riley on the story that I wrote yesterday. I asked Lincoln about uh, how did you know, Jalen Hurts on Saturday, for instance. I asked him about some of the nuanced throws we saw, some of the growth and evolution we saw of Jalen as a quarterback in Saturday's game that we hadn't seen during the non-conference season. Lincoln said basically there's a there's two weeks with the open date that uh, he did some extra work with Jalen Hurts. said he pushed him hard, and I think that showed up. I think Jalen Hurts really, really evolved as a quarterback. Again, you can check out that column I wrote at thefranchiseok.com. But here's what Lincoln said about it. Lincoln, we talked a little bit on Saturday about uh, Jalen and his progress and his growth and some of the nuanced throws he made and reads and things like that. With the data set with him now, with the data, assess it yourself. Uh, how do you how do you assess that? Um, with a little more time to look back on.
1: It? Even better, or? I, I would say pretty similar to what we talked about the other day. I mean, it was uh, there were some things that were better. Uh, there are some things that that have got to continue to get better. Um, you know, it, each week kind of exposes it shows you new exciting things but you know every every challenge kind of exposes different things that you're going to have to continue to improve on throughout the year it's just it's kind of ever evolving and uh so there were some things that happened this game that exposed you know a few areas that Jalen's got to work on and he's got to get coached better on and uh so and that's I would say pretty normal so yeah I mean there's there's a lot to like, but that's you know his focus, my focus, coaching him right now, and the rest of our quarterbacks. Is the steps we're going to have to continue to take as these new challenges come up.
0: I don't want to give you guys too much because I do want you to go to thefranchiseok.com and read my column, but I will also give you this quote from Lincoln on identifying the intangibles in a quarterback, how he does that, why that why that's important, and where that falls, and how he measures a quarterback.
1: Well, intangibles are are they're high up there on my list. Certainly, I mean that's. Uh, I don't think you can replace that. I don't think you can get around that. I mean, your quarterback's got to have that. I mean, I just the pulse of the team, so much of that comes from the quarterback. I mean, it just it just does. It's the way the sport works. And so I think, you know, whatever you want the personality of your team to be, you better look you better look at that guy pretty pretty early because he's going to tell you a lot. And so, no, I, I mean, I, his experience, his, his handling adversity, his – All all the intangibles that you you know figured a guy like that would bring. I mean, that was no doubt a factor. But there's a lot of guys that would bring a lot of intangibles over here that would have no chance in hell of playing quarterback for us. You know, so I mean, it's you had to see the skills too and the skills. I mean, I felt watching him that the all the skills were there to be a really really good player, um, and there was really good intangibles there. So I I just I kind of looked at it the other way. I didn't. I didn't say well, what can he not do. I kind of looked at it and said, like, why could he not work here? And I didn't have a very good reason. So I figured that was a pretty good, pretty good indicator.
0: You guys remember the offensive line situation, right? Adrian Ely apparently got hurt in practice last week ahead of the Texas Tech game. He was seen walking around with a knee brace on. So the Sooners have to insert Bray Walker in at right guard, and then they move right guard. Tyree Stevenson out to right tackle. Well, Lincoln Riley said that he thought the offensive line had one of its better games of the season so far. Here's what he said.
1: I thought we, I thought it was one of our more consistent games there. Um, you know, nobody just played outstanding, but nobody played bad. I mean, it was just, it was, it was solid. Um, did, did some decent things in protection. Uh, I, I thought you know, Bray handled it pretty well for his first start, especially, you know, a conference game like that and all, all the importance in that game. I thought I thought Bray did a nice job. Uh, I thought Swenson played one of his better games. Um, so we had some, you know, we played Tyrese, obviously, at right tackle and uh, was was um, excited about him being able to move out there on a kind of short notice. And, and uh, he did a pretty good job. So, yeah, I mean, we're developing – It reminds me of a few years ago, kind of, we had a couple people early, uh, maybe the, was it 2016 season where we went down to TCU, we were playing a bunch of guys, and we ended up kind of finally settling in and getting some continuity, which was good, but all these guys having to play multiple positions is, there is benefit to it, It's, it's tough when you go through it, but as you go on down, it makes them better players, you know, it gives us more versatility.
0: So the big question everybody wants to know is, is Oklahoma really better on defense? Do we know that for certain? We think we do. We've seen some evidence. But do we know for sure at this stage of the season that Oklahoma is better on defense? I'm not sure what 49-31 against Houston or 70-14 against South Dakota or 48-14 against UCLA or 55 16 against Texas Tech teaches you about the Oklahoma defense. I think there are some legitimate questions that still have to be answered. But Lincoln Riley, here's what he said on the evidence that he's seen so far.
1: I think we're playing hard and we're playing pretty fast. Uh, The other thing I think that's been much improved is our coverage has been pretty good in the majority of the games. You know, We haven't given up a ton of throw game, and even the ones that have been completed on us, for the most part, have been pretty contested, and so been proud of that. Um, we're playing a lot of people. I think guys are getting better fast. Uh, we're still not playing nearly as consistent as we need to. The the effort, the toughness, mentality—you're seeing that. I thought this last week was probably the highest percentage of a game that we've been able to do that at a at a at a pretty good level. Um, but we're still making too many mistakes to play as good as as we're capable of and so you know when you when you get playing great on any side of the ball you 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 combined a great effort a great mentality with with elite execution too and right now we haven't we haven't been able to find that we have we've been able to cover up some of the mistakes that we've made because we played we played pretty hard and uh we've had a lot of high effort plays and that's that's part of playing great defense that's a huge part and uh but as the season goes on, as we go through, we've got to continue to improve our execution, and and all three groups have got to be able to do it together. You know, this last week was an example where we did some we did some pretty good things on the back end. Maybe one of our better games uh, as a whole on the back end. You know, we didn't play very good on the defensive line. You got to have it all to play great. I mean, you just do. And uh, we've had some games early in the season where maybe the defensive line was our best, and. We were just okay, maybe in the secondary, just okay at linebacker. So you got to, we're just fighting to be able to combine it all. And uh, there's, there's stretches where we do that, but not enough right now.
0: And that's exactly what I'm talking about when I say the Sooners aren't playing Kansas this week, they're playing Texas. Coming up on the Locked On Sooners podcast, we'll hear more about the defense from Alex Grinch, from Jalen Hurts, maybe a little Neville Gallimore. All that's next on the Locked On Sooners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Oklahoma defensive coordinator Alex Grinch wasn't quite as effusive with his commentary on Monday as he was Saturday after the game when he said, if we're not giving effort, then I'm a con man and we're a fraud. We love quotes like that. But uh, he did talk about the defense in general, the way things picked up Saturday against Texas Tech with the opening of Big 12 conference play. Did you see uh, conference play begins? Did you see a difference in the guys' Uh, attitude, focus, intensity—anything like that—with the, with the sure. conference
2: play. <coughs> no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't describe one. I, I think it's been a, a pretty uh, focused group, and 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 uh, a, you know, the, a good practice team. You know, that—that's really when I'd I, I look at it as much as anything in terms of an evaluation. Big picture evaluations to me happen more during the course of the week, as opposed to on Saturdays. There's a singular focus on that particular game, that particular opponent, those, those reps. Um, and that doesn't minimize it, but the the big picture stuff is that you know how are they attacking the week? That 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 to me is when you see changes, and then obviously your antennas are always up. But I I think it's been a dialed in group, which I give them credit throughout the course of the season. And so um, you know, does it have to continue to get cranked up? I, I think it. I think that's the natural uh, flow to the sport as you get into October and the the the, the months change. So I mean, I I, uh, I, I, I appreciate the point, and I, I also think there's some some reality to it. But but uh, I also give them credit that. Uh, uh, for the bulk of our time together, they've been they've been out in.
0: Alex Grinch really has some interesting philosophies in my eyes on the concept of motivating a football team. He doesn't just go through the motions in practice. He doesn't just go through the typical game day motivational tactics. Listen to this. He does it every day. You know, just
2: always always looking for for something. You know, I, I think uh, eighteen to twenty two year old guys want to get motivated. I want to get motivated um, uh, on a day in and day out basis. I think that's. Um, maybe the, uh, um, the, the there's a unique opportunity when, when you can do some of those things um, to, to to get a better Tuesday. And we've always looked at it that way. Um, uh, when we took over his defense years ago, was you know our, our our mindset is you know how do we have the best Monday? And so we give the, we give a we give the pregame talk on Monday, and then we give it again on Tuesday because whether they had sleepy eyes and they didn't hear you on Monday, so you better give it again on Wednesday. Um, and then you send them a text message every morning. To, to remind them of the message. And then, then before they go to bed, they get a text message from coach Grinch. Mm-hmm. And so just, it's a, it's a constant that way. Um, we're just trying to maximize every single day that, that we have. And again, uh, sometimes when you're trying to motivate them and in, in, in turn, you can kind of motivate yourself. And so I think we're all in need of it. And so try to, to try to use that, uh, use the, the opportunity to, you get to I, I get to stand in front of the room. So yeah. I try to use that opportunity.
0: So Neville Gallimore strikes me as a guy who doesn't really mind if his phone is blowing up. He talked, during last night's interviews about the habit that Alex Grinch has gotten into of sending a lot of text messages. Here's Neville.
3: Definitely, uh, you know, there's very few coaches that you know that just... Um, have that hunger that he wants his players to be great, you know, constantly reminding us that, you know, matter, we are taking strides, but there's definitely a, another level, uh, a different mindset that, you know, that we gotta have, you know, to, to be at our best. And he's, he's a constant reminder of that, and that just goes to show how much he cares about the success that we have as a team, as a defense, and uh, as players individually. It's a lot of text messages to be sending. Every <clears> it's not, nah, it's not, it's not a problem. <laughs> not a problem.
0: A little bit later on, I asked Neville Gallimore about another fellow Canadian in the state of Oklahoma, a guy by the name of Chuba Hubbard, who just happens to be leading the nation by a lot in rushing. Here's that conversation. You being a fellow Canadian, I'm wondering if you have any relationship
3: or whatever, you know at all, uh, Chuba Hubbard. Um, I don't really know him on a personal level, but I mean, it's always, you know, great to see a guy, Come from the same country that's performing like that, you know, and he's definitely doing a lot of great things, and I know he's definitely contributing to putting Canada on the map with his play. So that's a a credit to him.
0: People talk about, I heard Mike Gundy say it again today, the difference in Canadian football and American football. Is there a big, I mean, I've seen plenty of Canadian football. I'm from Alaska, so uh, that's what we watch out there. But uh, from your perspective, what's what are some of the major differences in, in the not just the rules and the style of play, but the way that, the way the game is played?
3: I mean, I can only really speak right now, obviously playing here the college level in America. But I mean, it's obviously you know the, the tradition that you guys have here is, is a little bit different. But I understand, you know, I love my country. It's starting. It's finally finally it's finally starting to pick up, and you know. It, and just Canada's showing there's a lot of guys that can play, a lot of guys that can play a ball out there, obviously. You know, it's just a, we're kind of just playing catch-up right now, but, you know, it's starting to be more effective. You know, more and more, you're starting to find a lot of credible players coming out from Canada. You just got to search a little bit. Right? You just, they just got to come out and you got to find them. But I'm, I'm happy with the progress Canada's making, but it's definitely a little bit more progress uh, can be made.
0: And it wouldn't be a Sooners podcast without hearing from the quarterback himself, the frontrunner right now for the Heisman Trophy, Jalen Hurts. You've played with uh, big-time playmakers your whole career. Getting CD the ball a bunch um, on Saturday, is it good for a guy's, I don't want to say ego because that's a bad connotation, but good to get a guy going, whether it's emotionally or mentally or whatever?
3: It's good to get, get. I mean, the thing about successful offenses, I guess, um, you, we want to get the ball in your, in your playmaker's hands. CD is a big time playmaker for us. Um, and he got off. He got off Saturday.
0: Oklahoma goes to Kansas with a 21 game winning streak. That is the second longest in school history. It's also the second longest in all of history. The Bud Wilkinson teams from 1953 to 58 won 25 consecutive games. Remember the uh, 47 straight, the uh, all-time NCAA winning streak? Well, turns out they were pretty good. That streak, 60 years later, still stands. Incredible. But Oklahoma currently tied with Alabama for the second longest streak of all time. Crimson Tide did it 21 straight from 1970 to 1975. So very unlikely Sooners a 35-point favorite that this winning streak will end on Saturday at Kansas. Last time OU lost a road game was October 4th, 2015, which was the year before Lincoln-Riley arrived. Remember that game at TCU? Sooners lost 37-33. Let's finish up today's show by taking a quick trip around the Big 12. Again, TCU beats Kansas last week in Fort Worth 51 to 14. Baylor took down Iowa State 23 to 21. That game Baylor got out 20 to nothing. Iowa State came all the way back. Baylor wins it on a field goal, the first field goal of the season. And then Oklahoma State last week in Stillwater really put the hurt defensively on Kansas State, and we heard from Neville Gallimore about Chuba Hubbard. Well, that's because Chuba Hubbard went for 296 yards against the Wildcats. Pretty incredible. This week's schedule has a couple of interesting games. OU at Kansas, again, 11 a.m. That game's on ABC in Lawrence. Oklahoma State at Texas Tech. That game also 11 a.m. in Lubbock. That one's on Fox Sports 1. TCU is at Iowa State. Another 11 a.m. game in Ames. That one's on ESPN 2. Texas visits West Virginia. That's a 2.30 p.m. kickoff in Morgantown. That game's on ABC. And Baylor takes a trip to Kansas State. 2.30 p.m. kickoff in Manhattan. That game on ESPN2. Make sure you're following the Locked On Sooners Twitter account. That's at Locked On Sooners. If you're on Twitter, all the stuff that we post, all the updates, everything that I'm writing from the game... Everything that's going on Twitter is going to be retweeted or tweeted out at that link, at Locked On Sooners. That's it for today's show. Locked On Sooners will be back tomorrow, and with it being Wednesday, we're going to really dive deep into the Kansas Jayhawks, whether you want to or not. We're going to hear from another OU writer, Jason Kersey from The Athletic. He's going to join us in the press pass, and we will definitely go around the Big 12. The Locked On Sooners Podcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John Hoover, and you can follow me on Twitter at John E. Hoover, on Facebook at John E. Hoover Media, on YouTube at John Hoover, and find all my columns, blogs, and everything else at thefranchiseok.com. Please consider subscribing, share your Locked On Sooners Podcast with your friends, and frankly, I'd love it if you leave me a comment or a rating. Thanks for listening. See you guys.